Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode number 83 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about copper cookware. I don't use copper cookware much because an early mentor I had when I became an auctioneer took me aside one day and said, listen here, Wayne, when it comes to auctioneering, you can either be a collector or you can sell it. You're going to have to decide what you want to be. Uh, At the time, my cooking skills weren't sophisticated enough to appreciate the nuances of copper cookware. So when I got some, I sold it, (laughs) took the money, and ran. (laughs) Well, I'm with you on that, Wayne. As you know, I I don't like to cook. So I had no, I've never used it. I couldn't tell you what it's like to use. I've only sold it. Well, it is nice to use, especially for some things. And I love to cook. I cook every day something. Usually I cook the breakfast. Sometimes I cook dinner. uh, I've always enjoyed cooking because it's so removed from my daily activities that it's a a mental break for me to get involved in, in cooking. But copper cookware is very popular with French chefs. Julia Child used it. Uh, Martha Stewart talks about it all the time. A lot of the top chefs, uh, not that Martha Stewart is included in that group, top chefs like it, and there are many reasons why they do like it. It's the best heat conductor for cooking. Uh, It's good for quick sautés, and it's used often for heating sugar and making caramel or candy because that requires a a really precise, even temperature. And you can buy special saucepans for melting sugar, and it's used by pastry chefs, and you can get an entire range of copper cookware, saucepans and bakeware and bowls and funnels and kettles and pitchers. It's something that People spend a lifetime collecting. Seriously, I know people who are who look for it all the time, and if they find something and it's the real thing uh, and it's well-priced, then they'll buy it and they'll collect it. I, I've known people whose collection of copper cookware has grown uh, over decades. I know one person I've known for more than 30 years still collecting it. Wow. Well, that explains I actually sold a a pot within a week. I listed it recently and it had a lid and it was a four quart pot. And mm-hmm. when I was researching it, they go for about two to $300 and it was in pretty good shape. And someone had given it to me actually. And I have more pieces and they're all stamped with the same type of stamp from Detroit, France, and hmm. I didn't know there was a Detroit, France. Yeah, they meant cars there, don't they? Uh, <laughs> wrong Detroit, sorry. Yeah, no. And I just, I was even confused when I was listing it that it actually said that. And I zoomed in. You know how, did you ever 
take a picture with your phone and then zoom in, zoom in so that you can read it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It gives you a better, um, it's like a super magnifying glass when you use your phone. Mm. So it actually did say that. And it was funny because I'm not perfect, believe it or not. And <laughs> find that hard to believe. And even I forget things. And I can't believe I didn't take a picture of the maker mark. And so I got it listed, went on my merry way. I listed it for $300. And right away, within the hour, somebody messaged me and said, could you please send me a picture of the maker mark? And I thought, well, what's wrong with you? Just look at the photos. <laughs> and then sure enough, no photo. No photo. Luckily, it was... Uh, buy it now so i could still edit it sure you know once you list an auction and somebody bids on it you can't edit that information right so anyhow i was able to adjust it and get that photo edit and then all of a sudden the hits just went up like crazy it was really? watchers people and then i did have off no i did not put an offer make an offer on it i wanted right. to test it just by listing it three hundred dollars which was the higher end and just let it sit. And people were messaging me saying, could you just take, you know, 250? Um, one person said 150. And that's when we know <laughs> we have something worthwhile. And then all of a sudden somebody came along and bought it at 300. Hmm. So it went really fast. Well, that kind of stockpot isn't real common. Many people these days, like you, just don't cook. Yeah. Too easy to get around not cooking and folks are busy. So uh, having a big pot for soups and stews and canning, that sort of thing, they just don't, don't have them. So when you put one up and it's copper and it's nice, then that's going to draw a lot of attention. Tell me about the other piece you have. Yes. Yeah, so I have another one that's um, a little bit wider. It's it's shorter and wider. And I actually have that listed now. And it's a copper uh, lidded pot. And the lidded part is what makes a difference. Right. The other word that was on this maker mark was called glamour. Mm -hmm. G-L-A-M-O-R. And it said glamour Detroit. And Hmm. Yeah, I honestly didn't spend time trying to figure it all out. But in my research, Glamour Detroit was a good seller, according to WorthPoint. Right. Now, there were other types of pots that were stamped with Glamour Detroit, and then it says made in France. So I have about four more to list, but they're actually more like frying pans. Right. I also listed, speaking of copper, I listed from the same group of items, a fish mold, a copper mold. <laughs> right. Copper molds are very popular. Yes. And they're all over the place because there's the, the classic cheap one, you know, that grandma had hanging in the kitchen. That's the big copper fish. But I don't think a lot of those are like uh, tin. Yeah. In fact, copper kitchenware is not all copper. The pot is copper. The handle is usually iron. Copper is very reactive and, and it leaches into acidic foods. So if you're trying to make a nice a spaghetti sauce in a, in a copper pan and it's all copper, you're going to get a little metallic taste in, in your sauce. So traditionally, uh, to prevent that from happening, older, and when I say older, I mean, you know, 60, 80 years old and older, uh, they're lined, they have, they're wiped down on the inside with tan. The, you look on the inside and it will be shiny silver-ish, like the color of tin, and the outside will be copper. 
Now, modern copper cookware isn't lined with tin. It's lined with stainless steel. And stainless steel has, you can use higher temperatures and you can't do that with tin. Generally speaking, you need to use lower temperatures for your tin lined copper cookware when you're cooking. So if you have a recipe that tells you to uh, heat something on medium heat, you need to back it off a little bit and do say you know medium low or because it's such a great conductor of heat they'll just heat up faster they'll cool down faster they're great for doing quick sautés like fish fillets because you can they heat up quickly you can throw it in and take it off the burner so when you look at it at a copper pot or something don't expect it to be copper all the way through mm-hmm. and don't question when you pick it up well, is this really copper? Because it's not copper on the inside. There, There's a brand of copper clad cookware that my mother had. So I sort of grew up with it. And that's the, the pots and pans I learned to cook with called Revere Ware. Mm-hmm. Yes. Revere Ware has been around since the, the 30s. And it's very popular. They have Revere Ware has a dedicated following. Uh, so if you find something that is revereware, look it up. Yeah. There is a great, great article uh, on revereware on Wikipedia, and it lists the styles they made, the years they made them, the makers' marks, the all of the trademarks. It's a great article, so it's mm-hmm. very, very informative. And of course, you can look up prices and such on eBay and WorthPoint. And, sure. and so on. Yeah, I, I can remember my parents having Revere wear as well. And it's basically stainless steel. And then right. the bottom is copper. Plaid with copper. Yeah. Right. And then I've also seen the the copper with ceramic, like the inside would be ceramic. Right. Yeah. And and there's always going to be something on the inside of a copper pan because that, that's what helps keep the food. Yeah. Safe. You're not going to get poisoned in the way you would if you were, say, uh, taking tablespoons of rat poison. I mean, it's not going to kill you right away. But over time, uh, it will it will build up in your bloodstream and your liver and that sort of thing. Wow. So you need to be careful. In fact, when you're looking at uh, older copper cookware, one of the first things you need to do is look on the inside and see if they're scratched. Because if the tin on the on the inside has been scratched, it will start to flake up. You get yeah. could conceivably get little pieces of tin in your food. Yeah. Copper will uh, leach through. And if even if it's not scratched, a well-worn pot, say something that's been used often, 10 years, 15 years, something like that, the tin on the bottom is going to wear off. Mm. You'll be able to start to see the copper shine through the tin. And when that happens, you need to send your pans out to be retinned. And there are coppersmiths, not many of them anymore. There might be half a dozen nationwide and companies where you can send your pots and pans to be uh, retinned mm-hmm. on the, on the wow. inside. But you do need to do that because if it starts to wear off, that's not good for you or the, or the pot. Sure, that makes sense. Okay, Dana. Well, this is a good spot to stop for a word from our sponsor. So let's do that, and we will be right back. Have you ever bought an item to resell, got it home, and discovered that it wasn't what you thought it was? With WorthPoint's encyclopedia of marks, autographs, patterns, and symbols, you'll always know what you have and what it's worth. 
Find over 150,000 identifiers updated weekly, covering glass, china, coins, currency, tools, and more. Don't waste your time and money. Use WorthPoint. For a seven-day, seven-look-up-free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford. And we're having a nice conversation about copper cookware. Let's pick up where we left off. The other thing that I noticed was um, a helpful keyword, if it was true, of course, and in my case, the, the fish mold and another pot that I have that I haven't listed yet. It is true, and it is called hammered, right? hand hammered. Yeah, that's a very popular style now. And you'll see them two ways. You'll see the smooth copper, and you'll see hammered copper. But you also, from time to time, see brass, and many people have difficulty uh, discerning brass from copper. Sure. So you need to be careful about that. Well, I've got a method that I use to analyze copper cookware. The first one is when you look at it, is it the right color? Real copper has kind of a reddish-brown hue. It looks like a penny. You know, if you've seen yeah. older pennies, it will look like that. Brass, on the other hand, has a more yellowish tint to it. So one of the ways, if you're new to buying copper items, is go and find a couple of older pennies. And by older, I mean before 1982. And Keep a dirty one or look at it, several dirty ones and take one of them and just clean it up with some copper cleaner so you know what new fresh copper looks like. It's not unusual to see copper cookware that has a patina on it. Uh, patina, that's that's French for dirt. <laughs> you know, it just looks kind of brownish and, and not real clean. And some people really like that look. Yeah. Other people want it bright and shiny. Well, it's never going to be as bright and shiny as the day it was brand new because mm -hmm. they have special polishes they use. But it will have kind of a satiny, clear copper look to it if you clean it with a copper cleaner or Barman's, B-A-R-M-A-N-S, as, as in someone who is a bartender <laughs> that they'll use to, to clean uh, copper and, and brass and so on. And you just clean it in your kitchen. You don't want to use anything abrasive on the inside because it'll help wear off the tin if it's tinned. But you can use it on the outside. So the color is the first thing that will catch your eye and determining whether or not what you're looking at is brass or copper. Another way to do it is with a magnet because copper is not magnetic. Uh, in fact, it repels magnets because something to do with the ions and all the scientific stuff that I'm not real up to speed on. I'm an artsy guy. You know. <laughs> uh, but I do know from the kit that I carry with me when I'm antiquing that that if you put a magnet, try to attach a magnet to copper, it won't attach. In fact, if you get close to the copper with a relatively strong magnet, you can almost feel feel it repel. You know how when you put uh, like ends of a magnet, you try to touch them together and it, they won't? Well, it, there's a very, very faint feeling like uh, of that when you're using a magnet. And on the inside, if it's tinned, the magnet will have a slight stickiness to it oh. because tin is tin is magnetic. If it's lined with stainless steel, stainless steel's not magnetic at all. Handles, however, are very often made of iron. So if you put the magnet on the handle, it will stick. So if you're into copper 
cookware, anything made of copper, keep a magnet with you because that's a good way to test it. Another thing that you want to look at when you're looking for copper cookware is, is I mentioned the handles are iron. Sometimes handles can get heavy. And if the pot is a thin copper, then the handle's going to weigh more than the pot. So you want a pot to sit flat on a stovetop so that the heat is evenly distributed on the bottom. But if the handle's too heavy, it will lean and lift the bottom of the pot up off the burner. So you want to make sure that the pot itself is heavy enough to sit flat. And, and you can tell that just by moving the pot around on the store shelf or, you know, watching how it sits. And if it starts to wobble or lean a little bit, then you don't want that pan. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you mentioned that because the fish mold that I have listed is not like your regular fish mold. It actually is three inches deep and it's 12 inches round. And it just has the indent of two fish on the bottom. However, the handles look to me like brass. Brass is common for bowls and molds and maybe teapots, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But cookware, things you're going to throw around on the stove, will almost always have an iron handle mm -hmm. of some sort. And the other interesting thing about these pots is not only do they have very sturdy, thick handles, and the fish mold has one on each side, but you can almost, well, you can see the rounded bolts, you know, mm -hmm. that, that they're attached with. In my opinion, the style of that all, besides the patina and everything else, but the style of those bolts kind of gives it away on the age. It helps. It helps age it. They're not modern screws. <laughs> the other thing that actually adds value to flip is if it's lidded, you know, it has the lid. Right. And the other thing to pay attention to, because when I got this lot of copperware, it was it was challenging figuring out which lid went with which pot, because some of them fit and then some of them were iffy, you know, so it was like, right. could this lid really go to this pot or, you know, does it go to another pot? Right. So that can be a little challenging sometimes, but you can sell the lids on their own. Yeah, and lids are in demand because they often get separated from the pots. Sure. So, you know, you could conceivably sell the pot and sell the lids separately and end up with more money, depending on how you presented them. Let me ask, when you got this group of copper cookware, where did you get it from? Yeah, I got it from a realtor that actually mm -hmm. found it in a house, and it was just left, left behind up in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I'm guessing, you know, they were French cooks because it was all copper. You know, it's not unusual for entire sets of copper cookware to be passed down in families. Mm -hmm. I mean, this stuff, I, I looked over this morning just out of curiosity, browsing around uh, the web, and I ended up on Martha Stewart's website. And she has a whole presentation of her copper cookware collection. She's been collecting it for decades. And this stuff is gorgeous. And she's got it displayed nicely. You know, that's the kind of thing you'd expect from Martha Stewart. But some of her pieces are 200 years old. Wow. And with older copper pieces, it's not unusual to see dents and dings yeah. and, and so on. But that's like antique furniture. You kind of expect it. It's part of the panache of the object. Mm -hmm. gives it a sense of 
history and use. So they're very durable. They're very durable. And, you know, they're not like Teflon cookware that will be all scratched up in a few months, regardless of the fact that you're using the right utensils <laughs> and you end up having to take it down to goodwill. <laughs> But the copper stuff, if it's good copper stuff, you're not going to find it in landfills. You're going to find it passed down. Yes. And people are always going to find a home for it. Yes. So this realtor, he didn't know you very well or didn't know you didn't cook? <laughs> uh, no, I never mentioned that. <laughs> uh, well, it's good that you've got the, uh, the set. Yes. And also with that set came um, a copper olive oil can wow. that looks like a... An oil can, like, because I honestly, when I first saw it, since I don't cook, I, I thought it was a car oil can. Copper. That would not be very likely. Yeah, until I researched it. And then I actually found one on WorthPoint and right. identical to it. And it does say oil on it, but right. obviously I have the wrong. I have a set of copper bowls, antique copper bowls I've had for oh. years that are that are mostly decorative. Yeah. Serving bowls. They're not like eating out of bowls. And then I've got a few brass items as well. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, Wayne, I can remember when I was young that my mother had a copper rounded bowl that hung on the wall. And she would use it to, from what I recall, she would put eggs in it and then beat them in it. Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised that she whipped eggs in it. Copper is supposed to be, according to French chefs, the best material for whisking egg whites for meringue. Oh. It's something about the reaction between the metal and the egg whites makes for a loftier meringue. So it's very popular for that. In fact, when I was looking at Martha Stewart's website, uh, she had a great big copper bowl on her counter that she kept fresh eggs in. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's pros and cons to keeping eggs in the refrigerator or not in the refrigerator. Yeah, if they're fresh, you don't need to, right? Yeah, you don't. But who am I to argue with Martha Stewart? <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she knows her stuff. She really does. Yeah, and so definitely copper pots and pans and lids and and oil cans are all definitely something worth flipping. If you see it at um, an antiques show, a flea market, an estate sale. So there's a good good idea too when you go to estate sales and especially when you get to go through the entire house. That is so much fun. And be sure to look under the cupboards because sometimes they have items left and you never know, you might find a copper pot hidden in the back of a cabinet. That's good advice. Okay, Dana, that about wraps it up for this episode. I'm, I'm looking at my copper clock on the wall there, and it says, clean me, clean me. <laughs> so I'll have to do that later. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It. Brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Point.